Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. Say hello, me, me, Larry. Me, 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 me. Hello, Larry. Oh, <laughs> uh, and how are you doing today, Larry? You know, I'm I'm doing good. You know, Eric, we were we were talking before we we got on the air, um, and yeah, I'm directing. Uh, a game show, not a game show, a talk show, and okay, um, coming up, and um, I tell you, it's kind of like what I was telling you, Eric. Like everything that that is supposed to be done from a filmmaker's point of view, and you know all the setup and all the technical stuff that that filmmakers have to do to make sure, like everything goes well, it sounds well, it looks well. Well, none of this is is in play because it's just like throwing stuff at the wall and just seeing what sticks. I love that you're at the point now with this thing where you don't care anymore about talking about it. You're just like, I don't care. He's not going to listen to it. This is what I think. But you know what, Eric? I'm putting out there. This is my calling card. And this is what's so good about this platform that we're on is is. I get to put I we get to talk about things that we do that matter to us and and it doesn't how can I put this now I'm kind of like trying to think all philosophical all I, I all I'm all I'm all 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 I think we're doing is putting our talent out there and then sometimes we vent to our our listeners sometimes you know it's one of those things that uh it's just like a gift man it's like yeah. It's like therapy, you know, but but in, in that sense, though, I get to tell people what I'm actually doing to put like a, a calling card out there for people that are looking for people like for an editor or for filmmakers or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's good. But so you take all that information that that filmmakers need, that time and that, you know, stuff to get everything ready. He throws it out the window and he goes, OK. We're, we're going to rehearse only for 30 minutes. I just want the cameras down there. And I'm thinking, okay, Larry, you're going to need the cameras plus the microphone because I know he's going to want to turn all this stuff on because he's got lights, he's got sound, all that stuff. So he, we, we go down there and we set it up and he goes, oh, I want to record it. And that's when I go, holy, you should bleep it right now, <laughs> right? Holy F, what are we doing? I, and I said, I knew it. And I should have done it. It just, it was crazy. But yeah, so I'm a little jazzed up right now. Can you tell? A little bit. Because Eric, I, I honestly know that I have so much um, faith in myself that I can pull anything off. That's That's the main thing. That's That's the main thing. Yes. Yes. So I'm jazzed up. How, now, how are you, Eric? (laughs) I'm doing okay. <laughs> doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that's it. Doing okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I, I I hope I didn't scare you off, Eric. No, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> No, man. Everything is good. You know, this is our, our second podcast back, right? 
of the new year of the sub the something something podcast yes yes absolutely absolutely um this uh, is gonna be going up on saturday and going up on and sunday we record my favorite thing we're doing right now boytastic which i cannot explain to you the joy i'm having talking about boy band lyrics with you larry it Uh, is eric you gotta tell me when you're gonna say that because i almost spit my drink out i almost choked (laughs) well now you see here's the thing where i'm gonna where where, where you're gonna be able to segue into our guests now we talk about boy bands things like nsync backstreet boys and all of that now again those are fun pop songs but they're product they're not art you yeah, know yes. they're meant for you know yeah they're we love them but they're not art you know really no, it's it's, no. it's executives making decisions about lyrics and making yes. sure the look is perfect but the guest we have on today is an artist not you know, just a musician. She does a little bit of everything. And I, I am so excited about talking to her. You take it, Larry. Yes. Um, she is an artist in every sense of the word art, um, from music and my God, she, I think she paints too. I think she does all kinds of stuff, but you know what, instead of maybe thinking what she does, let's just go ahead and ask her. Hi. I, oh, today we have the beautiful and wonderful and talented Patty Yang. Hi, Patty. Hi. <laughs> Welcome Thanks to the show. Thanks for coming on tonight, Patty. Thank you. So, what, sorry, you were both talking oh. since then. <laughs> oh, uh, just uh, thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think because now you have an album out and mm-hmm. um, right. it's it's a brand new actually when did it come out in november it did it came out in november and then um as of uh january 16th uh, the physical albums are actually in stores in the us as well and obviously it started with the um virtual premiere uh which is what most people need um and use nowadays um so yeah it's out there it's a it's a it's a beautiful eight year long process encapsulated wow. uh, encapsulated in eight songs so it means a lot to me Jeez. now when you mean physical media like cd um hopefully vinyl release both That's oh right. awesome Ooh, nice. awesome Nice, nice. It, it was a really beautiful thing to try and put it together as a physical album because it's such a rare format nowadays, especially vinyl. And, you know, it's rarely used as well. But then it's it's just something that's kind of, um, you know, some people really keep them alive. And I wanted to be one of those people and kind of have a physical copy, especially that it's actually my... Uh, last ever Patty Young record. So, really? You know, for what would be a calling card to one person, to me, was actually a wrap up. So we can talk about it. Um, it's 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 an interesting thing. 
Wow. Wow. That, okay. So what you're saying is this album will be a collector's item. That might be one of the reasons to make it a physical copy. Yes. <laughs> Humbly, yes. The case. Yes. yes. Now, I, I must admit, I listen on Spotify and I listen to it on YouTube, um, which doesn't make me a YouTuber. I just watch <laughs> videos on YouTube. <laughs> but I love um, it. It's like painting a picture. It's it's an album and it's music, but it it feels like it's so much more. Mm. Um, it's very visual storytelling in the songs. Yes, yes. Um, and this may be a crazy question. Um, how how personal did you get in your songwriting? Full on. <laughs> really? Well, the the way I. I have been writing my whole life because this is this is my fifth solo record. Except that this time I decided to pay homage to everybody I, I worked with and include them um, officially, which is why it come it came out as Patty Young Group because mm -hmm. I really wanted that kind of band experience. Um, but I did put out quite a few albums before, which is why I was I was mentioning earlier that this this is the last Patty Young thing, but later on that a little bit more um and um it's an amazing thing you know it, between albums there's a cycle it's like the album and then there's um so there's a studio time and then there's a time for promo and talking to people then you go on tour and it's really hard to break that cycle um and grow and discover and you know do some really radical things and I actually wanted that album to be written by the time I take, which is why it took so long. And uh, I came across some really interesting things that kind of changed my life entirely. And then I decided that wow. I don't want to be Patty Young anymore. So, <laughs> so, really? so yeah, okay. it's been a really beautiful, beautiful time. And the reason it's visual is because I've always, um, I've always had this code of writing on, on few levels. So my friends would see certain things in lyrics that you can only know if you know the facts. Right. And you know, there is a code about the desert. Actually, the desert gave me the code. Um, I live in Mojave Desert because um, not everyone knows that. Um, wow. So, like, what is that like? You know, oh, it's just... It, it's just, it's a really radical life experience and the focus that you get, um, the kind of um, things that just fall off, like pseudonyms, for example, you know, it, yeah. it's a really amazing way to live. And there's a, there's a, there are so many reasons to be here and the path just keeps unfolding. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit more about it, but first of all, I'm going to tell you that the songs were written that um, in a way that it's really easy to follow if you know the high desert in Joshua Tree areas. For example, there's Old Woman Springs Road, one of the songs is called Wonder Wells, which is supposed to be this mythical place at the end of Old Woman Springs Road. And then there's the Indian Cove, which is a part of the Joshua Tree National Park. And... Um, few more things i'm not going to disclose everything but yeah, yeah. these are real stories yeah. 
they're super real stories. So it, yeah, it's, uh, it is very personal in that sense. But also, it the intention is also to make it um, um, flexible enough for people to make it personal themselves. It's always like that. We we think we are the only people in the world that feel a certain way, but it's actually a palette of emotions that everybody um, relates to. And I think that's really important, and just, which is why music is so important in our lives. So I'd love, I'd love it if that was the case too. We'll see. Here, here, I absolutely agree. You know, it's, it, but it, that's a thing with art. Um, it's, it's a universal language. It's a universal feeling, because you know, you listen to a song, and all of a sudden, I don't care. You know, like if, if you grew up with a song. Right. And you hear it again. Mm -hmm. um, it takes you back to that feeling, that emotion. Um, and and you can actually I was listening to your stuff at work today. It was kind of calming me down. So it's very oh, good. Thank <laughs> you. But, but I, I listened to it. And I was like, wow. OK, I get it. I get it. Um, with me it's when i'm doing my physical therapy i listen to it and it just makes the process go a lot easier mm -hmm. it, it's That's very really easy yeah. i'm really moved <laughs> yes yes um uh and just a couple more questions about the album because i want to get into um kind of like what you mentioned is being in the desert actually okay actually i i, I want to just finish up with the album um uh i tried to imagine what what the what the uh what the ambiance was like with when you were recording um because i love music and i've done it and i kind of get you know like being in the mood and lighting candles and just feeling you know feeling everything around you and just going and, and recording um what can you talk just a little bit about the process because you do there's like a mood and there's there well there's that mood there's the feeling that that comes through your music that um i've always wondered and i mean you're a perfect you're the perfect person to ask what kind of mood or feeling do you did you try to create in order to get to the space to record? Is that a crazy mm -hmm. question? No, not at all. I think that um, the music usually comes to you when you're in that kind of a process. It's like in some way you're an autopilot because you know you've got this project that's supposed to... Well, music and actually making albums is a means to connect to the world. And it's like, you know, what do you do? <laughs> well, I make albums. Every few years, I put everything together and then I share it. And then that's kind of me in my most open self with everything that I just went through. Mm -hmm. And then there comes a moment to talk about it. And then there comes a moment to play it live, which is the most phenomenal experience. So there is nothing more honest than doing that in life and actually you know, I feel really, really fortunate that this is what I have been doing so far. Um, but I did space it out as, at some point to allow more experience in, in between the making of the songs. And um, I wanted that to be the inspiration, not the other way around. 
Um, and two of the tracks were still created. I was like, I was walking down a street in Northwest London and I suddenly remember literally the words in my head, bright lights take me home. I let go of all control. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that's how that song appeared. And then I shared it really excitedly with um, Chris, who's a guitarist, and Mati, uh, who is just a magic brain and does a lot of instrumentation, as does Chris as well. And then just the track appeared. And then there was this moment in the desert where I literally, I was in really deep in the process of painting and I, I had this, I gave myself this challenge of how long can I last without any human beings around me. So it was just me and my dog for 45 days. Wow. Um, I moved really old house on the northern side of Joshua Tree, kind of what they, what they call out in the boonies. And um, I decided to just stay there and see how it goes. And I, you know, had a little run in with a rattlesnake and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was, when the moon was coming up, it was really strong and really just intense as an experience. And then one night I just pulled out the drum, the cajun drum that I had, and I started just banging that drum and I and I realized that between that and what I was painting, I was actually reliving my city life before I got here. And that's how the Technicolor happened, the, tr- mm-hmm. the second track on the album. Um, and that's what this much space allows, being here, allows you to focus on the experience that you want, whether it's real or something you need to reprocess or pull up or dig up. So, you know, I think you, I think I just, I so highly recommend it to everybody, but that's, that was the impact that it had on, on this album for sure. But every moment there's a chance that an amazing, something, something amazing might happen that will inspire you to write. And you just have to kind of stay on that autopilot yeah. and remember that <clears throat> part of the process. You know, now that you do th- th- speak about this wide openness um when you when you listen to your album like all the way through yeah like not just a song here or there you you do get this sense of it it's not vastness but it it doesn't constrict it's not a constricting uh not a constricting music so um and but see that's i guess that's how i feel um but having you saying that I mean, I could really tell and feel that it's just kind of, it's out there, but it's it's wide open. Because when you listen to some songs, it could be really just constricting and just, and but that's also, it's so true because when you're in the desert, you have this vastness and you just let everything around you, like let it go and you just put it out. But when you're in like the city, right, it all comes and just constricts you even more. So that's kind of weird, but cool. That's very cool. Definitely. I think that also, um, you know, part of it was recorded in Brooklyn and uh, mixed in Brooklyn. And the person responsible for that sound is Nicholas Burns. Um, I I felt really honored to work with him. And um, I think especially he's actually his approach to use of space in music is just 
unparalleled and that's really beautiful thing to watch so it's often also that the person that kind of helps the artist bring the vision to fruition because i was i was so close at so many points i was so close to, to sort of just put it on a back burner and see where the desert takes me and where where my whole just life process takes me i started i i I had the honor of studying um, playing quartz balls and just digging into binaural acoustics at the Integratron in a desert, which is a really rare opportunity that just doesn't happen. And I thought maybe I'll just go there and not even finish that. And then, but but there was this call. That I just I have to have my last word with this whole field of music that I've been in for so long. And he really helped me kind of make that vision happen as well as the band who just stuck by me and and was there this whole time two of the band members are in three of the band members are in london um one person lives in berlin and just these amazing collaborators you know it's so so it's it is um it is a group effort for sure which is why i called it that yes yes one more question about the music um Ah, oh, and it just left me. I guess it wasn't meant to be. And I had it too. It was right on the tip of my brain. Um, I think oh, I no. heard many <laughs> things and I lost you there. <laughs> Actually, what what is it like to to have the album out already um, and to have talked about it? Um, and I know it's only been a couple months, but um during those couple months is that when you decided to that this would be the last album no i knew it for a while really it was yes i definitely knew it for a while it's actually when i discovered the chords balls and um i kind of wanted to just let myself go into something that's way more experiment far more experimental than this um but I also realized that this is the language I've used always. Um, my father um, was a very prolific figure in, in the music in Poland in the 80s. So mm. I spent the first seven years of my touring with his band. And uh, the metaphor and the, and the, and the writing, uh, it was really, really important because it was all anti-system at that point. And it was what was holding people together. And this, you know, they started to attract really huge crowds in their shows. But obviously, actually congregating was forbidden. The government didn't really know what to do with this bunch of colorful freaks. <laughs> and the backdrop was really great, you know, deep communist country at that point. So that was a really amazing thing. And then I realized that my whole life, that was kind of like a, a language that I've known always, that I've been comfortable with, songs. So when this new whole chapter happened and I and I, I got to practice on these beautiful chords balls, I thought this is like a whole uncharted territory and I've never had this before. I had to sign myself out of the music business, terminate all my deals, which I did. I was kind of signed to major labels my whole life and I've changed wow. everything that was as far as I could in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> And then I realized that I have to finish this one last album. And then Nicholas appears and helps me to, you know, kind of close it as a vision. 
And um, for this album to come out, um, I um, asked Integratron to help us release it, but release it. So we held, uh, we went there and they were sweet enough and very kind to play a sound bath. And it was just three people, my three, you know, my two of my closest people in my life and myself and I got to release it and that really was the release party (laughs) and that's that was kind of the whole course of this record is like that we get to talk and I know this is probably the last uh interview as Paddy Yang that I'll ever do although I'm I'm not really Paddy Yang anymore and uh it's it's off it's out there that's all that matters so it's really liberating to do that and it's probably as far from the music industry as anything so speaking of boy bands yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're far from boy bands oh my yeah, it's... <laughs> it it is i can i can almost imagine what it's like just to let it go and cause now it's on to the next chapter yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I've seen, you know, I've, I've lived in London f- um, for almost 20 years with a little break, but wow. I, um, I landed wow. there after my short time that I spent in Warsaw and I released my first album in 98. I went back to England and in, um, in 2001, a month after arriving, I signed my first major deal and it just rolled on from there. And I went through all sorts of experiences that you get as a writer, uh, including writing for boy bands. Are you <laughs> serious? Really? What bands? Yeah, I'm not going to go further into that, but I've, I've been in that world and it's like, it's like Olympics. You get all these teams and they write songs and right. then, then the this, you know, the big guy comes and he listens to it and goes, No, that's a that's um now write a chorus and just stay up for yeah. another night and you know, whatever was whatever was the verse doesn't exist anymore. And now the, what you thought was a chorus is a verse, and now they want something more and more and more and more catchy. Right. It's like what for? It's just to kind of manipulate people's brains. I, I, it's a total soul killer. Okay, wait a minute. Do we work for the same guy? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no, there's a problem. And I have to ask. Love- I have to ask, and you don't have to say, but is one of those boy bands, are the initials One Direction? You know, I well, the people I worked with, but that industry is pretty small, and uh, um, industry-wise, it's pretty close. Yeah, <gasps> but that's not that's not you know that's not the point. It was yeah, one yeah, of yeah. the reasons I left. Yeah, and that that really mattered because it was one of. I mean, that was the, that was a short episode for me because I really early on I was like, okay, I can't do this. I'm sorry, <laughs> and it was already yeah. it was far enough. To just write records for commercial labels, even if they were my records, and having to coexist in the politics of it all, and not really feeling like everyone, everything that you do is, you know, entirely your vision. So then you don't know in the end how much you're regretting things and how much they are. And obviously, they're hundred percent. I I signed them with my name, so I can't not be hundred percent honest with yeah. my musical past. 
it's pretty liberating to be where I am right now because, you know, it kind of nothing be. really matters. We're just humans on earth and it's an amazing place to be. Yes. Uh, are you <laughs> now? Are you <laughs> are you going to uh, are you going to tour with this? There's no way to tour it. <laughs> I would need such a huge setup for this to sound the way it's supposed to. Wow. Um, so any, whenever I get asked that, I just say, put on your headphones and go out for a walk. And then that's the tour. <laughs> right. So this really, oh my God, wait a minute. So this could be your last interview as Patty Yang. That's right. Wow. We better ask some good questions now. If not, when we're going <laughs> to drop the ball. Okay. Kind of like, so what do you eat for breakfast? No, that's a horrible question. Never mind. <laughs> So do you know what the next chapter in your life is, or are you still waiting to? I'm already in it. Okay. <laughs> I'm in it. It's an amazing place to be. Um, because once once the ceremony, the release ceremony was done, we're like, Oh, I'm just going to talk to a few people about it. So I get to, um, you know, it's a pretty amazing story for me, humbly, um, where I am. I think for any artist out there and for any musician to come to a place where you realize that you've come across something genuinely new is so exciting and so humbling because, you know, this is the main complaint of today's society. There's, everything's been said, everything's been done, and suddenly you're like, this is totally new and we can, you know, the, op the, po op the possibilities are endless again. And that's, so that's really beautiful. And of course I still have the voice and we still have words and lyrics and, you know, we can play with everything that we've known, but we're very excited. Um, and as I, um, I'm saying we, because it's myself and Nicholas to, um, to embark on this journey. So it'd be amazing. Um, other exciting things are, um, I'm able to finally round up uh, a lot of the art I've been making. And uh, I've always wanted to paint really large sizes, uh, size canvases. Mm -hmm. And so, well, that was one of the reasons I moved here. So they're, the, the smallest one are eight by 10 feet. Um, and That's they the just smallest? have been- Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was, the, the interesting thing is that when I was in New York, I, I stretched this uh, kind of nine by 12 canvas. I think I'm just going to do this spatial thing that I always do here. And it was all words and scribbles. And, and wow. it was like completely like a, like an urban traffic brain. It was wow. so different. I actually love wow. that piece and because um, it really shows me something about, you know, who we are as, a, <laughs> as minds. Um, and the perhaps the most interesting, most fascinating of it all is um, em embarking on a journey of parenthood. Oh, um, wow. Um, I have two beautiful daughters. And one of the reasons um, um, we're here is because we wanted to um, create um, and curate a curriculum for them that would prepare them to the world that's ahead of us. Um, so um, homeschooling is it's 
it's you know it's known as homeschooling but really it is something yeah. much much more there's mm-hmm. a lot more to it oh, yeah. and then you know as we started to attend these you know few little things here and there for kids we realized that there was this whole amazing influx of people moving here uh from places like new york and los angeles and other places in the world um with kids that are the kid that, that are the age of our daughters and suddenly we had maybe 20 for now families of super switched on people who are on the same mission and who are really excited wow. to create education that's just that just kind of doesn't exist unless you put it together yourself. I've been researching a lot of independent systems like Waldorf and Montessori and Rigio Emilia and things like that and child psychology and and art and what it does to children. And I'm really excited to actually help two little people become, you know, prepared and and ready for for everything that you know where we where we're going as a civilization. In in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a huge project for me. Yeah, that it has to be. First of all, amazing yeah. um, to be able to to be where you are. Actually, to be there and to see other people kind of join. Is it a tribe? I know that sounds like a weird thing, but but it's like it's like a little community, right? A little tribe. Um, of people that are looking for the same the same thing that you are, which is what a community is, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that's a beautiful thing, and it's a beautiful thing for an artist, um, especially. Um, there's so there's a lot of people out there that want to want to be an artist, be a musician, be a fill-in-the-blank, whatever, creative. Um, And then this may be a crazy question, but how, uh, not connected, but how, how much should an artist trust their intuition to create? I think that depends on how authentic of a relationship you have with yourself. Okay. I um, like that. I, yeah, at some point um, on my journey of the last decade, I happened to sign up out of the blue for um, a yoga teacher trainings. Oh. Um, but I didn't want to close myself to a particular um, kind of it. I, I started with Hatha, which is just the oldest and most traditional and broadest um, yoga and Ayurveda uh, philosophy. And then I went on to Child Kundalini School and, and Gurmukh was a really beautiful teacher, who was my teacher in that course, once said, you know, when you leave, she said it to everybody there, it was gorgeous. She said, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't quit everything to be a yoga teacher. Just be a teacher. Be in your community. Do your stuff. And then just be creative and do what you want. And that was really beautiful. Because I think that, you know, at some point, everybody just got so smitten with that idea. I want to just throw everything. And I'm going to go out there and just 
you know, teach. And it's not what it's about. Just be yourself, keep doing what you're doing, because it's going to change on such a fundamental level that that's really what matters. This is how the ripple effect works. And I think with art and creativity, it's exactly the same thing. It will just take you there. And suddenly you will have time for it. And you just make space for it in, in life. And and before you know it, suddenly, whoa, it's my deal. <laughs> so it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's definitely like you, you can't be completely pragmatic about it. There's some magic in it. It's this, there's a, there's an element that's totally inexplicable, and, and that's something to hold on to. And I think the intuition is what speaks to it. I like that, and and I do notice that um, uh, you said it, it's taken you a while, right? Maybe to not find yourself, but to listen to yourself, listen to the forces that are out there, and and. Please let me know if this is like all kind of crazy, but but I think it's important as an artist to really know who you are and what makes you tick. Um, because, you know, everybody talks, oh, no, you got to be your authentic self. Actually, being an artist is you really, people can tell when you're just putting it on, I think. When you try to, you know, try to, oh. hey, man watch this guitar part, look at my poses, right? And it's like, no, dude, no, please don't. I mean, don't. whoever you are, you know, if you put it on, you put it on a front, your friends will know, your parents will know, and everybody out there will know. But but um, but if you're uncomfortable with yourself, that's fine, that's okay. Because it's still the effort to uh, to get to the real place. And a lot of art is not comfortable, and it's not meant to be. And I think those uncomfortable moments are actually really important. Yes. Um, I had a project in London um, called Flycular at some point, and we went, we really went to town on the sort of the kind of alter ego side. And then I was just wearing this 20 pound weighing black wig and this PVC suit, you know, being being this being that fell out of space and didn't know what Earth was about, and it was so much fun doing it and being that wow. weird alter ego for a while because it takes you to a different place. But at some point, if you decide that you don't need to do that, you can still relive whatever you need, and that's kind of how it happened for me with every song. There would be a story in it, and. There were oftentimes stories from my city times that I was processing or reprocessing. Like because looking at everything from a perspective of a focused time, wherever you are, especially if you're in in nature, actually puts things in a beautiful perspective. And so I think, you know, authenticity is not about oh, I'm all just enlightened now. <laughs> you're you, you, don't get too close to the beat. Mm. <laughs> um, I know you don't. You don't. You don't swear, so I'm not going to. But, oh no, you can. Oh no, you can. Oh no, you just don't swear. Yeah. No, you can say all you want. <laughs> you know, you watch out for the bullshit, basically. <laughs> gets close to that, but yeah, it's you know, it doesn't have to be serious either. It's it's. It's meant to be an experience in every way. There's joy in it and and pain and struggle and, and everything else that comes with it. But that's cool. It's just being yourself. 
Mm. Yeah. Is there anything, I know this is like a crazy, but I love to, I love to ask questions. Um, is there anything that you would like people to know that, that you haven't been given the chance or the right question? Um, do you want anybody out there to know anything else? Um, before we wrap up? Oh, I think that's, that's the hardest question of them all. Yeah. Um, um, you can make a decision that impacts the world around you with every step of your way. I think that's the most important thing and that's something we're focusing on right now. You can don't give money to corporations and buy things that are locally made, even if they cost a little more, because they would by nature. This is why it's because they're not, you know, made really far away in a yeah. huge factory that employs children. Um, essentially you can vote with your money, you can make the right choices. You you can read what's on your what's on your food packaging, therefore what's what's actually your food. You can know where it comes from, and um, you can make really intentional decisions and really aware decisions with everything. And that way, you are either part of the system or you're a person on their own, forming the way forward. And whichever side you choose you meet people that think alike. Mm. And that's, I feel like in that way, we're all like magnets. Very beautiful. Very, I tell you, uh, I, I am honored that, that Same we here. got an, uh, that we got an opportunity to be what it maybe sounds like one of your last and final interviews <laughs> as Patty Yang. And I, I know I said that, but I just wanted to put it out there again that I so appreciate you. I appreciate your art. I appreciate your spirit and your soul and just you. I appreciate you. And I would, I would love for you to come back on whenever you have any kind of project you want to talk about because I would love to have you on to talk about it yeah thank you thank you for having me and thank you for this wonderful conversation it's so much fun thank you again for coming on well everyone all of patty's information will be in the links in the description of this episode um once again patty thank you for giving us your time that always means a lot to us and as always everybody be excellent to each other. I concur.